New days, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast, not BS. Told in semantic. Special dedication, all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sued in semantic. Yeah, man, Big up to the man, yeah. Sued in semantic. Welcome to the Soothing Semantics Podcast. I'm your host, Rafi Pinsky, and today we have Tony Katz on the episode. Tony Katz is a conservative based in Indiana. He is a podcaster and a radio host. As always, guys, like, share, subscribe, throw it all over the place, let the people know, and uh, let's begin. Okay, so you grew up in Jersey and you currently live in Indiana, is that correct? Okay. Right. What? How? How did you? How did you end up there? Uh, opportunity. I mean, as 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 is often, why do people move anywhere? I had started a tech company in Los Angeles with a with a friend of mine, way smarter than me, uh, in the world of online video advertising, and we did this just as the bailouts came in two thousand nine, and so I lost everything I owned, every last thing. Lost my house in Florida when I because I used to live in Tampa Bay. Uh, lost everything, and then I. Spent a year trying to figure out what to do and then decided I'm going to get into radio. So I took the last $2,000 I had in the world and bought time on a radio station in Florida, even though I was living in LA. That's how I got started. Wow. Okay. And here, here we are. And here we how are, right? Overnight. Are... Just, just magic. <laughs> how has it taken? So since you started the radio show, what, what's kind of gone on? I mean, it's a pretty open-ended question, but how? Give, give me a little bit of a... So I've been in Indiana doing uh, mornings for almost eight years. And I also do a, a midday show as well. I do enough, So I do six hours a day. Uh, then I do some, I, I have a show on bourbon and cigars uh, that, that I do. That's on 65 stations across the country on weekends called Eat, Drink, awesome. Smoke. You go to I, Eat, see Drink, Smoke I see show. it right behind you. Right there. That, yeah. there. So that, that is uh, called Recovery Rye. Here, let me, I don't know if you grab it or not. I actually made this. So this is mine. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and we built this because it provides a like, $5 from every bottle goes to something called the Indiana Restaurant Lodging Association. So hospitality workers across Indiana who got impacted by COVID, we support them with this. That's so, phenomenal. I'm a big whiskey guy myself. So that's great. Okay. Wh- wh- whiskey or bourbon? We're talking about different things here. You know, I, I was always like? confused by that because I always thought that bourbon and scotch were just different kinds of whiskey. They are different kinds of whiskey, but it, there, there are things that are just considered whiskey. And then there's the legal version of what actually is considered bourbon. So let's go with brands. Like, what do you drink? What's your. I'm pretty open. Okay. So my go-tos are generally different Glenlivets, Glenfiddich. Uh, Those are scotches, Glen baby. I like, yeah, but I, I, I definitely enjoy my bourbons as well. I feel like I lean more towards scotches though. Okay, man. Glen Morangi is nothing to be nothing to be ashamed of there. That's some definitely. fine work. Definitely. Uh, I like Woodford. So I definitely I definitely go to my my I'm 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 pretty cool with either. Um I'm not too not too picky when it comes to that, but I generally like a, a better scotch or bourbon than a shittier scotch or bourbon. You know yeah. what I mean? So Yeah. So I'm not I'm not one to to go for the grants unless it's the only thing on the table. But hey, listen, okay. if it gets the job done. Gets the job done. Good um, enough. For sure. 
Okay, so I saw I saw what you what you spoke about on Fox. I was actually sent the video by I have this group of friends from high school. We're all in this WhatsApp chat, and they sent that little bit of you talking about liberal Jews and really right. shafting them, giving it to them over the head, and I loved it. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, 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 it's an interesting way to put it, right? Shafting them. That that's not my objective, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> that was the end result. That was the pretend, end result. That might not have been your attention, right? I'm not gonna pretend something's not happening when it is, right? If sure. you if you voted for Joe Biden, why are you surprised that Hamas would act out? You you can't possibly be surprised, and it, it's it's in the same way of thinking Joe Biden initiated the ceasefire. That's just not true. The Egyptians negotiated uh, this this ceasefire, correct? But. Uh, <laughs> The, the question, I don't know about you, the question I get asked more than, than any other question, anywhere I am over the last years that I've been in, in radio and doing other things politically, why are Jews liberals, right? The number one question, and you can go through the answers of, well, you know, it's, it, it, some people say it's a fear of the cross, right? Like, uh, so uh, they, they fear some level of authoritarianism. They fear some level of, of attack. Uh, it's, it's a support of, of the underdog kind of mentality it's because your 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 bubby came over from from poland in the, in the 30s or the 40s escaping and they said hey welcome to brooklyn and here's a job and here's a union that'll protect you but it was it was the entree to communism right and and they they were just so happy to be alive they they didn't know they wouldn't be right. worried about that they were fine but here we are three four generations later and we still don't know because we still have the bubby think you know, like like that. We all we all revere grandma, but would you let grandma drive your car? Would you let her program your iPhone? 100%. Yet it's funny, somehow, by the way. Go my ahead. grandmother is the staunch conservative. That's that's a funny thing. Hey, I, and it, it it happens. Look, I grew up in a conservative household. My parents are conservatives. My brother is a conservative. Uh, brothers, uh, right? It 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 happens. But this idea of en masse, there's something bigger there, and I think very often for Jews. It's a total bastardization of tikkun olam, right? This idea of, uh, of doing these kind acts and changing the world. That does not mean put yourself out there uh, to be martyred. Put yourself out there to be destroyed. Put yourself out there to be ruined. If you think the only way you can repair the world is by Israel not existing, you got a really messed up definition <laughs> of what repair is. Absolutely. And so saying that out loud, I... There are very few things that get people so connected. And, and that piece you're talking about, which, which was actually a Newsmax piece um, uh, where, where I was. Uh, oh, it was Newsmax, not for, okay. I, okay, I, have I have done a lot of things. Some things very, very well, and some things that I've missed the mark on, right? I have never had anything connect with people like that. Just so happy that, what's it like to live your life? You've got your friends, right? You got your job. And you believe these things and you've said these things. But when you get to hear somebody else say it, who's fortunate enough to have the microphone, you're like, my God, yes. Come listen to this guy. Like, there, <laughs> there's that level of connectivity. And I have gotten really some fascinating emails and commentaries. I mean, you reaching out like, hey, I want to talk about this. That's great. I really appreciate it, man. That, that, that's fantastic. Uh, but people felt very connected to this idea of I'm not alone, which I think is the way so many conservative Jews think right politically conservative jews not necessarily conservative religious jews they feel that they're alone they feel that it, it's it's not for them right that 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 judaism has kind of 
moved by them because it is so dominated in this liberal space. It's not true. And, and when you can connect people, kind of bring people in, I, I, I think it's terrific. I'm glad that if this did it in some small way, I mean, your friend sharing it on WhatsApp, I got uh, texts like that. Uh, you are the star of Jewish Twitter. I'm like, what in the world is Jewish Twitter? <laughs> Nobody told me I didn't get a password or nothing. It's, it's so, it was really nice to hear. I, I think regardless of where we started as American Jews coming from Europe, as you mentioned, with this liberal idea. Now, I'm pretty live and let live. If you're liberal, fine. I tend to disagree with a large percentage of it. When it comes down to the Middle Eastern policy between Israelis and Palestinians, I think when it, what it really comes down to if we're going to not sugarcoat things is that as Jews, we've been oppressed again and again and again. And from the liberal perspective, this is a way for us to show solidarity and say, Hey guys, we're so sorry for anything we might be doing in Israel. What can we do? We're at fault, you know, because we have this massive level of Jewish guilt. The reality is that liberal Jews to a large extent, I think are, excuse my Portuguese, pussies. This is the reality that I, this is what I feel. And I think that we, we continue to believe as a collective, I don't believe this and you don't believe this, but as a collective that if we appease everyone and we say, hey, guys, we're so sorry. We're really great, though. We're Jews are great people. Believe me, just as a it doesn't make any difference to people, people who hate us often don't use rationale in their arguments. So if anything, being a weak-minded Jew is going to have a much more negative effect on how we're treated and respected than us being strong and standing up for ourselves. We're trying to we're trying so hard to bring these logical arguments to the table about why Israel has a right to exist and why we have a right to defend ourselves. Most of the world doesn't care. They're not looking. They're not saying, "Oh, well, you know, you you know, Jewish people, you guys are making a great point. You guys should be able to exist." I, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> they don't. So, they don't. They don't care. I, I, for, first, I'm pretty sure that wasn't Portuguese. Look, I, I'm no expert, <laughs> but uh, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, it's funny you bring up guilt, and I admit very freely that I have I have none of it. None of that stereotypical, nonsensical, unhelpful trash. Uh, exists in my life. And I have never taught my kids uh, to have it. My, my parents don't have it. I was never raised with that kind of uh, I- insanity. Uh, so sometimes I wonder whether that's more of a stereotypical thing. But if you tell me, oh, no, no, I know the people and it's true, I'll, 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 I'll believe you. The existence part, I think, is what you're absolutely right about. The, the flaw in this conversation is that the Israelis are against the Palestinians, or as I heard uh, Jerome Spielman, who is a spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces, I had him on my radio show uh, this past week, and you can go to TonyKatz.com and hear that. That was a plug right there, not yes. Portuguese. Um, he referred to them as Gazans, and I thought that was a pretty interesting um, way to, to, to describe it. But the idea of existence is to make, is as if the world should think this is about Israelis versus Palestinians. This is not. This is about Hamas versus Israel. This is about terrorism versus the people who create pacemakers and medicines that you use and keep grandma alive. This is about a people who have gotten billions of dollars and have never built a hospital against others who took a desert and said, we can make this work. That's what this is about. 
when it's it's like that chanting of to the from the river to the sea, Palestine uh, will be free. Jordan River, Mediterranean Sea. It's a call to genocide. It isn't a call to empowerment. It isn't a call to strength. It doesn't matter what Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan says. It's it's genocide. It's wanting Jews dead, and Hamas wants Jews dead. So in this existence conversation, it isn't about well, do you believe in a two state solution? None of that is even there. How do you do this with a terrorist organization that wants to kill you? And there is, there is no way to, to parse that idea. There's no way to parse the idea that Hamas wants anything but you dead, that the Iranians who are supplying them the dollars want anything but you dead. And for liberal Jews, if you're in Israel, they want you dead too. And we see this when we see attacks in New York and attacks in uh, Los Angeles. We, we saw rallies uh, for free Palestine in my beloved Indianapolis. When they're attacking people and hitting people with bottles and doing whatever, they didn't say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're liberal? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're a liberal. Oh, hey, come here. Here, let's, let's have, go have coffee. No, no, they just went right at it. That's the part to remember. It is, a, the, the existence conversation is very real, but it's not about Israelis and Palestinians or Jews and Palestinians. It is about Hamas and Israel and Hamas through its charter, through its beliefs, through its inculcation, through its training, through its uh, sponsors in Iran, don't believe Israel should exist. Yeah, I, I, without a question, that's that's the biggest that's the biggest problem. You can't make peace with someone that doesn't want it, and and ultimately, we you can't make peace with somebody who wants to kill you. Like right, like, right, that's, right. And that's liberal their goal. Jews are liberal right. Jews are hoping that can happen. You know, we can get into the whole notorious cards conversation, which I'm. We can maybe get to that at the end because I have a whole philosophy on that. Um, but ultimately, uh, this this kind of this conversation. Uh, brings me to another very completely related conversation in where they're not going to stop until they get what they want. Now, they're not going to get what they want. They're not going to defeat us because, quite frankly, they have nowhere near the military capability. So what Israel needs to do is get rid of Hamas. Simple as that. They need to either, Hamas either needs to give up, which they won't, or Israel needs to get rid of them, or hopefully other Arab countries will agree to do so. Uh, that's really the only thing because they're, they're, they're doing no good for Palestinians and they're definitely doing no good for Israelis. But, Another if, you thing ask, but if, if you ask Israelis and if you ask, uh, as the IDF explained it to me, what they want and, and what some members of the Israel consulate uh, general's office out of the Midwest have said, they want the Palestinians to say we don't want Hamas. That's what happen. it really changes. You're, I'm, I'm agreeing with you on, on a very like instinctual, emotional level. But what they're trying to say is, you have to make this change. We can't do it for you. Now, you're, the idea of survival, the idea of protecting yourselves, I think we can all agree this was different. Those 11 days, and I actually don't think they're done, unfortunately, was a very different response from Israel than we've seen in the past. It was much more direct. It was much more focused. The taking out of the metro system, right? That whole fake out they did. I don't know if everyone heard about Brilliant. the fake out. Yeah, right? we can so, go into that a little bit because some people might not, might not know about it. So the fake out was, was that Israel announced ground offensive into Gaza and they put it out there, leaked it, if you will, to the press. Boom, they start talking about it. Next thing you know, uh, the Palestinians who are the terrorists, right? The Hamas, they head to the tunnels. There's an extensive tunnel network uh, under Gaza, that's where they tunnel in and, and find Jews and, and kill them in their homes. Massive tunnel network. They call it Metro. 
uh, just like the, the Washington DC metro system or another kind of bus system. When they realized that the, the, the Israelis weren't gonna come in with a ground offensive, they came out, Israel was watching from the sky and just took out the entirety of, or, or almost the entirety of the metro system. Incredible bit, a uh, 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 bit there of of understanding uh, your, your your plan of military strategy uh, and and everything. Really, really well done and effective. It's not going to mm-hmm. stop Hamas. They will get other arms from from Iran, etc. But a very, very good move. But they do think, and just in terms of how they see it, they want Palestinians making this move. And when Palestinians have made this move, understands Hamas kills them as well. Hamas goes after them as well. There's a checkpoint where Israelis bring in aid to, to Gaza, still they're doing it. And Hamas has been bombing the checkpoint so no aid can come through. That's not a people you can negotiate with. Yeah, right? the, the, the truth is Palestinian civilians, many of them are, many of them, the large majority of them are, I, I, I just know it. They're sick and tired of it. They Absolutely. Just, most of them want to live normally. They do. There, a lot of them are indoctrinated. Listen, you and I could have been born a Palestinian. Knowing me, knowing I went to the IDF, there's a very large chance if I was born a Palestinian, I would have been in Hamas. I'm just telling you that I'm a proactive person. You don't, they don't know any better. So I'm not saying, oh, well, hey, they have no part to play in this, but they don't have the kind of power. They, it, I do think it needs some sort of intervention. I would love to believe that, hey, Palestinians should rise up against them and they, they're, they're beaten down. They're scared. Hamas has, you know, Hamas had an, an Islamic Jihad. They're working together that the, the civilians would be any of them are too afraid to speak up. So I do think Israel and, and other other nations need to to, to help them with that. Um, so what I do, what I also wanted to get into is this idea everyone's mentioning. Everyone's saying, oh, we're killing babies. We're killing kids. There is no war that has ever gone on where there isn't collateral damage. It's impossible you can't, unless Hamas went completely went away from the civilian population, which isn't really doable being that it's such a densely populated area. I mean, they can, because they're getting warnings, they, the, the civilians in, in a given building can, can get away, but it's nearly impossible to avoid any civilian casualties. The fact that Israel is sending leaflets, they're dropping the knock, that kind of knock bomb, and then they're they're calling the owners of the building. That's a very that that's that's not a good military strategy because you're not only allowing for the civilians to leave, you're giving notice to the people to the to Hamas to leave. So, you, you, when you bomb somewhere or you attack somewhere, you usually want to do that in a stealthful fashion. You don't want to let them know that you're attacking. So the fact that we do that is such a sign that we're trying our best not to hurt civilians. It's it's so blatantly obvious, but no, everyone just shuts down that conversation and says, you can't bomb, you can't attack. Israel, you're Jewish, you don't deserve to be here in the first place. Let them shoot rockets at you. You're supposed to die. Or maybe just dismantle your air force and just shoot these shitty rockets back at them because that's proportionate. War is not proportionate. War is not proportionate. If you have Um, a stronger military and people are trying to kill you, then you do what you need to do. I'm not saying that they should level the entire place, but at the same time, if you are being attacked with 4,000 rockets, what in the fuck do you expect a country to do in response? It's and just, that's what makes them so special. It's, I mean, it is. It's, it's so ludicrous to me. People, it's just because they're Jew. Any, it's funny because if, if they were doing it to Egypt, 
the Arab world would say, well, okay, well, what's Egypt supposed to do? If people, Jordanians and, and Lebanese were coming through the border during all these, these riots within the country, did you see any of them being mowed down with machine guns? Do you think if, if other, if, if, if Palestinians were trying to get into Gaza through the border, uh, Gaza, were trying to get into Egypt through the border, do you think they'd get through the border? They'd get you're, shot you're one making, by one. Uh, you're making a cogent argument. I, you, you, the, the idea that if any of this was happening in the United States, if any of this was happening anywhere, you, of course, you would see a, a, a response. And the Much idea stronger that, response. What? Much stronger response. Right. And the idea that, you know, people aren't allowed into Egypt. Well, isn't that how the Palestinians ended up there in the first place? The Jordanians wouldn't take them back. The Egyptians wouldn't take them back. They were left to die. And then they were utilized as a cause. Right. When Yasser Arafat gets offered everything he wants as head of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO, and he says, no, you realized at that moment, what is it now, 30 some odd years ago, and that mm. they weren't interested in getting a deal. They just use these people as a rallying cry for dollars and, and for others to hate on Israel. But man, Israel is different. And I get your point. I get the disgust. I get the anger. Right. And I don't I don't I'm not one of these people who says the diaspora has no part to play. I think the diaspora should absolutely be a, a voice. But I'm not the one who lives in Ashkelon. So I'm going to leave it to them to have some levels of final word. I'm going to have a say, but I'm going right. to leave it to them to have a final word. The, the, the idea of saying, hey, we're going to take out this building. They know that that means that some Hamas terrorists are going to, to live. But they also know they get to hurt them in doing other things. And they take the victories as they can because they are still playing uh, on that world stage. And we should be perfectly clear about something. Um, you, first, just to your point of, um, you know, the pinpoint stuff, you're dealing with people who hide in schools and hide in hospitals and attack. All right? the, the, these are not men, as we right. would define uh, uh, men here. All right. That, that's that's important uh, to, to remember. Uh so much of this is a connection to, and I think those stories will come out soon if they haven't already, a connection to what were called the Abraham Accords with President Trump, right? So this idea that you can create a, a peace with Israel and the UAE or Bahrain or, or, or Morocco. And what the Abraham Accords did, uh, they, they weren't going to bring peace to the Middle East. They changed the paradigm by which you even discuss the conversation. So if everything was the Palestinians, the Palestinians, the Palestinians, and you have to solve the Palestinian question, you have to handle uh, th th this thing. What the Abraham Accord said, wait a second, Hamas is getting funded by Iran. We can't seem to stop that. Why don't you normalize relations with Israel anyway? Get some trade going, maybe a little bit of tourism. Get a couple of bucks. Have some fun. They're lovely people, don't you know? And the women are wicked hot. And then, and then what you could do is uh, you, you, we can figure it out later because we're all kind of, you know, in a good spot and we can, we can talk reasonably. That paradigm shift between the Palestinians first versus a relationship first is something that Iran opposes in every way, shape, or form. They are outraged by it. And so they are absolutely, and this goes without saying, even though it needs to be said. And people who want to disagree with this, I think, uh, have no, no leg to stand on. This is the Iranians seeing, when I say the Iranians, I don't mean Persians who live there, who are living in, 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 in a hellscape that they don't want to live in. I'm talking about the hardliners, the mullahs, the clerics. It is them saying this is an opportunity to go on the offensive, to attack for sure, blame it on something else, and Biden will be will not be the same guy Trump was, being 100% defensive 
of Israel. He wants to talk about fighting the squad and fighting progressives and being pro-Israel. He hasn't shown it so far in those 11 days of fighting. And we'll see how tough he is in getting his arms deal done. Without a question. No, he's soft. And, and the other world powers know that. They're taking full advantage of it. They know that they can get by him. It's, it's a very, very... It's a very sad reality, but no, he's not a, you know, we, we can say whatever we want. I try not to get too, too political. Ironically, when it comes to the Israel and, and the Palestinians, I, 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 I do speak up about it when it comes to uh, Biden or things like that. I, I, I like to know about it, but I'm not always constantly involved in it. Um, but he's, he's just not a strong minded person. And no, people like Vladimir Putin can smell that from a mile away. Vladimir Putin will take full advantage of that. He will assert his dominance. Um, and you just compare the two people. I mean, there's no comparison. Biden yeah, just woke up, just woke up for breakfast. Vladimir Putin's a, a battle hardened, you know, a special ex special forces. There's just, there's no comparison. Um, and Vladimir and, and Putin they, is a guy who takes the fall of the Soviet Union personally. He right. actually takes it personally like it never should have happened. This is a guy who believes in Mother Russia from, yeah. from, from beginning uh, to end. Whatever Biden, you want to say. Yeah. Biden is so <clears throat> stunned that he's president. Remember, this is his third time <laughs> running. The, the, the plagiarism, the lies, the nonsense, the inability to, to, to move a sentence forward, uh, that he'll do anything. And that's why he's gone along with so much of that progressive state. What he's getting bothered by is that the progressives are being nasty towards him if he's not moving fast enough and he still wants the respect. This The fights he's having with the squads and, and others is a respect thing, right? They don't respect him. They don't care. They just want what they want. The ends justify the means and they'll do anything to get there. Rashida right. Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Andre Carson of Indianapolis, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, they've all proven that. The ends justify the means. Whatever they have to do to get there, they will get there. Ayanna Presley, Jamal Bowman, mm. uh, and, and, and the rest. Uh, Biden's willing to go along with me or anything because he's just so happy to be president. And uh, he, I think he likes sticking it to Republicans who maybe thought he would never win. But when they start questioning him on the left, that's when he gets all ornery. Now, that means he's going to be more of a staunch defender of Israel. OK, that works out in our favor. Uh, but I, I, I'm still not sold on that. Not yeah, I, I, I think it comes down to <clears throat> saying, saying what needs to be said in, the, in, you know, in that point in time. You know, when he kind of woke up, woke up out of bed to the podium to say, you know, he's like, oh, I think Israel should defend itself. It wasn't it wasn't too convincing. Uh, the, you know, the eye wipe didn't do. It yeah, the little eye wipe he gave. That's how you know he cares. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a signal. It's like Carol <laughs> Burnett with the ear, except he's doing. Wow. How old school is that? Carol <laughs> Burnett with the ear. Damn. It's amazing. Uh, you know, ultimately, um, you know, there's so much to talk about with this conflict. Uh, it's it's a very difficult conversation. Uh, the real, you know what, I, I'm starting to kind of understand that it's, a lot of it is a difference between Western and Eastern civilization. So Muslims by default will be pro-Palestinian. And I, I can't necessarily say Christians or Jews, or, but, but people who are who are pro-West will a lot of the time side with Israel and even many of them won't uh, but it's something to ask yourself as a person now we should be conscious of both sides we're both human okay the ones that are not looking to kill other people but if you are somebody that is a is a 
<clears throat> if you are a lover and a, a, when I say lover, I mean a lover of Western values and you believe in democracy, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, um, you know, or freedom in general, right. Israel is a country that allows for that. <clears throat> if you're someone who's gay, this is the best one. I'm sure you've seen this all over the place. Uh, you know, gays for Palestine. It's a ludicrous concept because you realize that they would kill you if you went there. Which uh, then I said, I've been seeing um, chicken for KFC. You'd see like gays for Palestine, that classic sign, and then chicken for KFC on the bottom. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll, I'll try to throw it in there. Now, the Islamic world does not, is not okay with gay people. So from their perspective, well, in our countries, we're, we don't have these freedoms anyway. And to a large percentage of them, they don't want the freedom. Well, I think they want the freedoms, but they're used to not having them. And according to the Islamic faith, they're not okay. So, you know, drinking, a lot of the Western culture that we're used to is not okay to them. So they don't even care about these freedoms. I think many of them secretly would, would love to have them because so many of them come to America and Europe to live, which is so the, the irony of it. You'll see thousands of, of, of um, British Muslims chanting free Palestine, which I get because that's, they, they have to. They're Muslim. They're Muslim. How we would decide with the Jewish side? And I, I, I get that. In a sense, I don't I, I think if they were to look at the bigger picture, a lot of them would actually say, well, you know what? I'm Muslim. Fuck. Actually, I, I live in Britain. I have these freedoms. I can choose to wear a hijab or not. I can choose to drink or not. I mean, if their parents are, are accepting that, that is they they came, they left their their country because they want those freedoms. But yet they're shitting on the same values that they chose to go to. This is all common. You've probably made this argument a million times. You've heard this a million times. But it's, I've been seeing this, this guy who's gay recently. I have to get his, I have to uh, find his, his information. But he's been saying he, for the simple fact that he can go to Tel Aviv and be accepted and respected is enough of, for him to realize where he stands. But then again, listen, I, I, I know somebody that I, that, I actually, that I actually work with who he's a religious Muslim guy and he's not pro-Israel. And um it's definitely not something I'm, I'm very happy about. He happens to be a, a good person. There's just a very different understanding of upbringing. He's more ideologically Muslim. And um, I think hopefully with these, the, the past few episodes I've put out, he can under, start to understand certain things because he grew up in a, in a play. I'm trying not to give too much information out of respect to him, um, but he grew up in a society where there isn't, that he doesn't have that kind of freedom. And like I say, again, he's a religious person. I respect him for that. Um, but it's just the ability to, it's the ability to be able to understand something that is different from your way of understanding. I've changed my way of thinking considerably since I've gotten older. I grew up, I grew up modern Orthodox. I went to yeshiva. We, we had some, some thoughts about how you know, Jews are this and Jews are that. I'm saying it as this chosen concept. I've grown up to, to, I've expanded my mind considerably since I've gotten older. And I ask that the, the, the Muslim world, to a large degree, starts to do that. Um, and I, so listen, I'm not saying that they're the only people that need to do that. We all need to do that. Because no, you have people I, in college. You know, you, real quick, I know I've been talking for a while. No, you have these, these uh, kids in, in college campuses. It's just a trend to say free Palestine without knowing anything that's going on. They have no idea what's going on. It's just that's it's the more, cool thing to do. It, it is more than that, right? So on a college campus, they've been dealing with BDS, Boycott, Divestment, and Sanction. 
Mm-hmm. And boycott divestment and sanction is the idea that you boycott Israeli products, you divest from investment in Israel, and you sanction uh, Israel. All right. It, it is, of course, anti-Semitism. And you have states like Tennessee and others, I think Indiana, uh, that have said, yeah, we're not going to be a part of this in any way, shape or form. But people look at BDS and they're like, well, this is an attack on Jewish students. No, it's an attack on Christian students. It's an attack on, on atheist students. It's an, it, it is ostracizing of Jews on campus and otherizing them, but it's the attack on these kids because it tries to teach on a Pavlovian response, Jews bad, Israel bad, Israel wrong, right? You don't even think about the rest. They try and go to that. It's why Representative Tlaib calls Israel an apartheid country. Do you know how ignorant you have to be to make that statement? You have to be Rashida Tlaib ignorant to make the mm-hmm. statement that Israel mm-hmm. is, is an apartheid country. To, to your argument about people who are, who are very uh, religious and, and the idea of what Israel is versus what some of these other nations are. Uh, my father often describes it as to get people to understand what we need around the globe is Sharia for a week. If you had oh, to yeah. live under Sharia law for a week, you would realize that Israel is better. You'd realize that the United States is better. Little flaws here and there, things you can work on for sure, but holy hell, a lot better than living under Sharia. And I make the argument very, very clearly. We're not having a conversation about Islam. We're having a conversation about Sharia. Sharia is evil. How it treats people, how it oppresses people, how it brutalizes people is nothing that free and thinking people around the globe should ever want to be a part of. I have said that before. I've said it on air. I'm willing to, to say it here with you, Rafi. Uh, just absolutely, absolutely willing uh, to, to do so. But I think that the the idea of, of whether you call it pluralism or this idea of freedom or really liberty, right? Because liberty and freedom being a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a different thing there. Israel is it. Israel isn't the thing that's the impediment. Israel is the, is the roadmap to, to the future. Wouldn't it be better if nations around them were acting in this same way, where people could walk down the street and not be attacked and live and be who they are. And as the expression would go, love who they choose and and, and things like that. Of course, it would be better. But this constant narrative attack from these members of Congress, from members of the press, uh, from the United Nations, that's what made, you know, I don't know how she's going to be as a presidential candidate, what made Nikki Haley so good when she was the ambassador Uh, to the United Nations is that she took on this conversation and she was like, Oprah, and you're an anti-Semite and you're an anti-Semite. And it was, it was terrific. It was wonderful. So uh, the, the narrative is what we're fighting. The narrative of Jews bad, Israel bad. And that is hitting us from a a media aspect. That's hitting us from a a culture uh, aspect. uh, When you've got football players quoting Louis Farrakhan, um, that, that uh, hits from a, a, a press aspect. And from the, this BDS, what's been happening on college campuses for years, all, all culminating. Uh, so your 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 argument is is every, everything you said is something that I can understand. I see the the religious Muslims a little bit differently, maybe in terms of how we need to approach that subject. But of course, Israel's better. Just right. in a, by an objective standard, there's if you walked. David Mamet wrote a book called The Secret Knowledge, which is spectacular. And in that book, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw it up, so I apologize. Don't curse at me, David Mavitt, or please curse at me to hear David Mavitt <laughs> curse. Oh, the, the litany of profanity would be excellent. Make my ringtone. Uh, you, you're, welcome, you're welcome to on my channel. It's, it's a question of whether you want to or not. David Mamet said, um, where you are is falling apart. It's, it's coming under siege, and you'll be dead in two minutes. 
There are two planes. One will take you to Israel. One will take you to Syria. Which plane do you take? And in that, he has answered the question for all these people who pose and talk about Israel being terrible. There's just not a conversation or a debate to be had. And rational people know this. Irrational people, hateful people, bigoted people, people, as, as you said, who don't know better, well, they'll buy into a lot of propaganda nonsense. Yeah, it's also a question of not reforming. It's a question of Judaism and Christianity were also a lot more extreme back in the day. I'm not sitting here saying, Islam, Islam, Islam. There are beautiful parts to Islam. There are beautiful parts to religion. There are Arabs who are wonderful people. That some of them are extreme. Many of them are extremely warm. They have. I've, I say this on several podcasts. This isn't something I'm trying to sugarcoat. Okay, they can be extremely hospitable. Okay, the thing that that the issue largely is that it hasn't reformed. So uh, so as we progress as as a as a species, we have reformed. There are certain things that we no longer do. You mean like an enlightenment? Correct. Like, you know, like in, in that sense. Okay. Correct. We there are certain things that Jews and Christians don't do, and I think that Islam is also reforming to a degree. I don't know. Uh, maybe yes. Maybe no. But there are still many, many countries that simply go completely in the opposite direction of Western values, and to uh, many of them, hate it. They hate Western culture. So this is this is something that may change over time for, for the better. I think it is. I, I'm optimistic and think it it is. Uh, due to technology and the fact that the world is a smaller place. But um, if you live in a country where there is no freedom of the press, really, and you have to sneak your phone to try to see what's going on on the other side of the world, you may remain ignorant for the rest of your life. And, and for anyone who gets a taste of freedom and democracy and Western value, they're, they're never going to want to go back. I, I, the large I, would assume, majority. I would assume the same, right? I right. would assume you would once think. you get an idea of, you you know, you, you can live your life the way you see fit, you know, to the moment of your happiness without the concept of acceptance. That's how I often describe mm -hmm. it. You live your life and if somebody doesn't like it, screw them. It, it, they, they don't matter at all. Yeah, I think people would, of course, be more interested in this. That's why I think they would, of course, be more interested in Israel. And that's why what we're fighting is so radically insidious. And it is what we're fighting. Going back to how we, we started uh, the podcast, and I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's the idea that um, Jews think that in order to be good, they have to feel this way, or they have to do this thing, or they have to help this person. You're allowed to take care of yourself. God never said, yes, yeah, sacrifice yourself for them. That's, that's what I want. It's, that's never what God said. It, it continues not to be. What, what, what God talks about. And rationally, it doesn't make any sense at all that, that you, you wouldn't protect yourself. Jonathan Greenblatt is the head of the Anti-Defamation League. And he said one of the most disgusting and despicable things I'd ever heard. So this is quite a few years ago. He was talking about the Holocaust. And he said, you know, people talked about gun confiscation of the Jews in, 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 in the Holocaust. Well, let me tell you, even if the Jews had a gun, they would not have been able to have stopped the Third Reich in that war machine. Now, I agree. You would not have been able to stop the Third Reich, but you could have taken one of the bastards with you. Right. Why in the world do I have said this and I say it here. If you are a Jew who does not go to synagogue carrying your firearm, shame on you. All right. Jews should be armed in synagogue every single time. And a rabbi who doesn't want you armed in synagogue should be thrown out, fired, 
or you go find a new synagogue. That is a radically inept and dangerous thing to do. Jews should buy guns. Jews should buy ammo. You see, you know, you're helping me. You're helping my real estate. You're helping yeah. my real estate business. Uh, by the way, Florida's got some pretty good gun laws. So go, go and enjoy that. You need help. Uh, reach out. Uh, Tony Katz on Twitter. I will get you with the right people who will help you get what did you need and get trained. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about going around being silly. I'm talking about being able to defend yourself because as long as people like Representative Tlaib and Representative Carson and Ocasio-Cortez and Omar can push this narrative helped by a lot of the cable news outlets, helped by a lot of the world news outlets, you are under attack because you're under attack even here in the United States. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this idea. Well, just take it. Or, 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 or well, you're, yeah, as you were saying, uh, Rafi, uh, you're Jews. You're supposed to get hit by the rockets. Why are you fighting back? The rockets exactly. are good for you. There's a lot of vitamins and minerals in the rockets. And that's, <laughs> and that's what, should, what should happen. Uh, no, man, um, you're supposed to fight back in the press. You're supposed to fight back on your blog. You're supposed to fight back on your podcast and, and, and be much more honest and clear than they're being. And you should protect yourselves and the ones that you love. And anyone who says otherwise is fundamentally wrong. Because yeah. there's nothing in, the, in in anything you've ever read. There is no religious text that you can point to that says, yeah, you're supposed to be killed. It's good for the rest of us. Zero. Right. I mean, I, this is, I, I, I can't argue that because that is good. completely logical. I got that. Um, there's another, now that we're talking about this, the there's a thing that I've been seeing now in New York where Jews are writing you know, I've had to take off my neck, my Jewish necklace, my Star of David, my kippah because of the tax. I get where they're coming from. Okay. They're afraid and they figure if they blend in, they're repeating the same exact thing that Jews do throughout history outside of Israel. Diaspora Jews do this. It is not solving the issue. You are being a pussy. And that is the problem. And the, 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 the reality is that a lot of American Jews are very, very, they're pacifists. They don't like to fight. And I'm not promoting violence. I'm not in, in uh, that is the I'm last promote, thing. I'm, I'm promoting defense. I am, I am saying, I am saying that if someone is trying to attack you, you should be able to defend yourself and fight back, yeah. not take off your kippah because you're afraid. So if this is the problem, learn how to fight, take up martial arts Grow some balls, grow some hair on your nuts, and and that you'll have a much better outcome. And I'm going to say something very, very uh, unfiltered. If you had a, I've been saying this the whole time, I would say, but if you have a group of people who hate Jews and Italians in New York, who do you think they're going to go for sooner? Do you think they're going to go into Borough Park first or to Bensonhurst first? Borough Park. Why? Because Italians wouldn't take that shit. That's why. So it's not a matter of who's hated more. It's a matter of who will fight back sooner. So there are, are there Jews who, who would defend themselves? Yeah, they, they exist in America. Yeah, there, there are tough Jews in America. The majority, though, no way. Um, and being that people know that, they're a lot more likely to go and attack them. In, in Borough Park, if God forbid, I, I am a Jew and I, and I love my fellow Jews, but if I went into Borough Park without a kippo with some cap on and you know, just didn't look Jewish and went and started punching people, I would get away with it too. I, I would say probably they'd either call the cops or they'd call Shomer and whatever, but, and, and people can listen to Jews or listen to this, but why would you say this, Rafi? You're promoting things. You're, you're in, you're, you're giving people an idea of what to do. Well, you don't think they're going to, they're, they're thinking of doing this. You think I'm, I'm the, re- this is people, Jews don't want to hear this because it's like, 
but, but, but what are we supposed to do with defenseless? I, I, it's like, no, you're defenseless because you scare you all the time. And it's like, and, and then they say, well, we're outnumbered. There's millions of us in New York. Hello. Right. <laughs> it's like, but there's only 10 of us. Do you know how many Jews live in New York? It's just a matter of not, it's, it's not the way. It's not the way. So leave it to the Israelis. Leave it to the guys who go to the army. They'll, they'll protect us. What if we're well, not, not going to protect the you what if, if in New York, they're not going to protect you. Is that what they, they tell they, you? That the guys in, in, in Israel are going to protect us? No, but they say in the general scheme of things, the grand scheme of things, the Israeli Jews are the tough ones. They'll fight for us, but we, we're just going to be quiet. We're going to go, we're going to make you cuckoo because it's scary. It's like, what did you wow, think? You what, went right into the stereotype, didn't you, man? You just dove deep. Oh, dude, both heavily. Feet right up to the waist. Heavily, heavily. Dude, yeah, because it, honestly, man, that's what it comes down to. People people think that if we take our keyboard off and, and we, we stay quiet, then that's how it solves the issue. You know, as a Jew named Tony, I, I, I have never fit well into the stereotype. So, <laughs> so I, I, I stick with that. Uh, Listen, man, it, it's and, and I say this out of love. I say this out of love. But the moment we people start to to, to grasp this reality, it's like you can't run away forever. You can't run away forever. You can't keep ignoring and ignoring and ignoring. You have to face you have to face it head on at some point. If, if um, I was going to take your statement, right, and, 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 and share it a different way. Sure. We've been through what it is to a uh, be scared b hide yourself and c have uh, people come at you we know how this story ends now the question is do we want to be the end of the story right that's where we're at of course you're supposed to defend yourself man i agree with you 400 the people saying take off your keep off so you don't you don't get attacked what next your skirt was too short right that's the same exact argument. And those people would say, how dare you say her skirt is too short? It's not short enough. You know what? Bring that thing up. How dare you think you can attack a woman for such a thing? Yet for themselves, they will go about that hiding and they absolutely shouldn't. It, now is the time to be brave is a mantra we use in my family, right? As, as we're looking at this, as we're looking at things like critical race theory going on. And because you're seeing parents who speak out against critical race theory and they're being called racist, they're being called bigots, their businesses are, are being uh, targeted. So they don't want to say anything because they can't be targeted. Their, their son is going to be a senior in high school just one more year and we can get out of this. So they don't want to say anything for fear of being attacked, even though what they're seeing is clearly wrong. And no, Jews can't do that. Jews absolutely positively can't do that, uh, right? There are reasons why they're afraid but in the end, they, they have to say, this is more important. The lives of my children is more important. And if it means I got to stand up and the business takes a hit or I personally get hit, well, then that's what it's going to take to stand up. Uh, Rosa Parks wouldn't get off the back or, or, or the front of the bus. My gosh, you got to have your moment of standing up and saying, I'm not taking this anymore. Exactly. This is done. So on that, you and I uh, are, are in total understanding. Yeah, I, this is these are the people who change history. These are the, the most people are sheep. They're scared sheep, and you need those few people to stand up and do something. Um, and 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 it's interesting because in a, in a in a way, I I I commend the the pro Palestinian, and I'll explain why. I commend the pro Palestinians in Arab culture because they don't have this issue. They get up thousands of people. They rally. They support. They go. Out, I'm obviously I'm against pro Palestinians in New York attacking people because they have no idea what, what's going on. And for them, it's just a matter of revenge. Um, but they're, they're not afraid to, you know, you get what I'm saying? It's, it's, 
when I say respect it, I don't mean that I agree with it. You get where I'm coming from. Because I I would never commend them uh, for it. What you're saying is they're committed to a cause as misguided as it is. Exactly. And Jews should be committed to the cause of staying alive and fighting for their life. Yes, yes. Exactly what it, thank you for articulating that so well. That's exactly what I'm getting at. I'm by no means, I want to reiterate this. I'm by no means promoting any sort of violence i'm not I saying i don't, I don't think i, I think were. it's very clear that i'm not saying that but people will take a bit of it and misconstrue oh God, of course and if they, they do will, they man. do if they do they do fuck well, it. welcome to the public square exactly exactly it is what it is this on twitter um, in 30 seconds right no no listen man it is what i'll take the heat for it i'm i'm willing I'm, I'm doing my best to articulate things i think i'm being very logical in this in this, in this on this on this episode as were you um and it is what it is people can take it as they as they wish sure um yeah so Without with with that being said, um, I I didn't I didn't introduce you as I would have liked to in the beginning. Um, we went we went over throughout the episode what you stand for and what you do. So hopefully people get that idea. But generally, I'll introduce and I'll introduce you. You know, in a, with a proper introduction in the beginning. Right. So my apologies for not doing so. Um, it's okay. Yeah, but Tony, it was been this is by far by far one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far. You say that to uh, everybody, don't you? When I go through the I, rest of your podcast, it's going to be like, this is my favorite episode. You know, no, other we've had, we've garbage. had, con- <laughs> I wouldn't Boom. spit on one of them if they were on fire. Right. Oh. We've, we've, no, this, this without it, without a question, one of the best ones I've done. Well, I appreciate um, it, man. You're, I mean, you're- and the, the next few will be even better, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been told I'm good for practice. I don't know what that means. Dude, it's just, it's very, very good back and as forth. As long as you keep coming really, by, we're okay. Yeah. Like lots was, of practice. I, <laughs> Dude, man, was, thank was, you. And, and I wish you the best on this. Uh, keep it going. Keep it growing. Thank you. Thank you. I plan to. I plan. Someone commented on my podcast. They said, I'm, I'm surprised you only have 400 some odd subscribers, dude. They're like, you're going to hit he, some random person. He's like, you're going to have millions. So I said, wow. Okay. Okay. We'll see. It, it, it's it, the greatest thing about podcasts is that. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Right. Uh, yes, you can. Right thing, right place, right time. As long as you keep making the content. Yeah. Never missed done. a week, man. I've been consistent since I started in August. Every week I've had an episode. So cool. I don't plan on that changing. Very good. Indeed. Okay. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, as always, subscribe, like, share, check out Tony's content. I'm going to drop all of the links for your your website, uh, for your channels, so everyone can take a look. Uh, Guys, until next time, thanks again, Tony, so much for coming. Yeah. Take care.